0: Hi friends, I'm Maddie and I'm an ed tech coach, teacher, podcaster, online business owner, and above all, I am constantly dreaming up ways to reimagine education. I provide teachers with tips, tricks, and strategies to transform their classrooms into learning hubs that are filled with creativity, innovation, and discovery. I hope to empower all teachers, no matter what subject they teach, to experiment with innovative learning models and lead their classrooms with 21st century skills. So let's learn and grow together as 21st century educators. This is the EdTech Classroom Podcast. In today's episode of the EdTech Classroom Podcast, we are diving into systems thinking. Systems thinking is an approach to teaching and learning where students identify and explore the interconnectedness of systems in our world. If you are listening right now and you are a visual learner, you might want to check out the episode webpage for this week. I'll have that linked in the episode description for you guys because in this episode webpage I've created tons of helpful graphics to walk you through how to teach the systems thinking approach in your classroom. So like I said, systems thinking is an approach to teaching and learning where students identify and explore the interconnectedness of systems in our world. In systems thinking, students investigate systems and examine how these systems connect to other systems in our world. So systems thinking encourages us to zoom in and to zoom out. Students will zoom in to study one system or even one small part of a system And then they can zoom out to understand how this system might impact other related or connected systems. In my classroom, the systems thinking approach works. Systems thinking can deepen students' learning of standards and even strengthen their development of skills like critical thinking. Systems are everywhere. From the school system to the transportation system to the water cycle systems are all around us and in our classrooms students are identifying systems every day they're using systems too in my classroom students will practice the hand raising system or the signal system or the lineup system my students are also identifying systems in stories and in nature In my experience as an elementary school teacher, many of my students are naturally curious about the interconnectedness of systems, whether or not they have the language to describe the term system. Linda Booth Sweeney, who is an expert on systems thinking, said to think about systems means we pay attention to interrelationships, patterns and dynamics, as well as to the parts. So for this reason, students and teachers will often create what's called a systems map to document their learning process. Systems thinking is process focused. Deep learning occurs in the process rather than in the creation of a final product. This is something that I'm always talking about on my podcast more broadly, and it happens in systems thinking too through the form of systems mapping. So to better understand what the systems mapping process looks like, I put together an example for you guys, a project example that you're welcome to borrow and adapt and use in your classroom with your students. So first, we're going to talk about preparing for a systems thinking lesson. So in a systems thinking project, I will create an essential question to share with my students. So, for example, at my school, Our second grade social studies theme is neighborhood. So our essential question for this project might be, what are the systems in our neighborhood or community? To prepare for our lesson or for our project, I would write this question at the very top of the board. Then in the center of the board, I would write our neighborhood and put a circle around it. And then we would move into the next stage of this systems thinking lesson, which is about identifying systems in our community. So I would start off this lesson by asking students, what are the systems in our neighborhood? I would then call on students using our hand raising system and ask them to share their ideas. So as students share, I would then begin mapping out their ideas on the board. So to do this, I would write the name of the system I would then circle that system and based on student ideas, I would connect systems using lines. So this again is why the episode webpage is gonna be a really helpful graphic so you can better better visualize what I'm talking about right now, but I'll do my best. So for example, in response to the question, what are the systems in our neighborhood? A student might identify the street system. So in the center of our board, I have our neighborhood with a circle around it Then I would draw a line to another circle that has the word street written inside of it. So then we would really want to dig deeper with connected systems. So I would probe students to consider other systems that are connected to the street system. So students might identify systems like the car, trash, sign or signal, or mail systems, right? Those are all systems that students might identify that are connected to the street system. So what I would do is if a student raised their hand and said, the mail system is connected to the street system, I would then draw a line from street to mail with a circle around it. I would also probe students to think about systems that might be broken, or maybe some systems that might be unbalanced or harmful. So oftentimes when I ask students about this, they'll start to think about things like littering or climate change or pollution. Those might be systems that are stemming from the car system, for example. Now, sometimes the systems thinking process isn't quite this structured, so I might ask students to share a system connected to the street system. And then another student might raise their hand and say, this doesn't answer your question, but what about the school system? And that to me as a teacher is completely okay. In fact, I think that's really great systems thinking isn't meant to be a linear process. So I'll usually spend about 30 minutes creating a systems map with students. And now that's a really in-depth systems map. If I want to do a quick exercise, it's going to be a lot less than 30 minutes. But in the example for today's episode, I would probably spend about 30 minutes creating a systems map with students. And again, that time allotment is up to you. Now, in my experience, Many students tend to be pretty engaged during the discussion. Every time that I've done a systems mapping exercise with students, I really mean this. They've been very, very engaged and I've done this a lot, a lot with students. It tends to be really highly engaging. I think that this is because at least this is an observation that I have about my students at my school, but they seem to love thinking about the interconnectedness of our world. That seems to be something that's really fascinating to my students. So a completed systems map does not have a right answer. So after our class completes our systems map, I would tell students that there aren't any right answers. Our systems map shows our class's thinking and ideas. I might also tell students that there are so many other systems that we could add to our systems map. So on the episode webpage, I have an example of a completed systems map. I'll just call out some of the systems I have on that map. So in the center, I have our neighborhood, right? With a circle around it. Then there are some systems that are immediately connected to our neighborhood. It looks like I have five here on this map. So we have the street system, which we already talked about. We also have the housing system, the school system, the work system and the nature system. So connected to housing, we might have the house system or the apartment system, the condo system, the homeless system. Those are all systems that students might identify as being connected to housing. For school, students might say the classroom system that might be connected to the teacher system and students, or maybe even the learning system, right? School also might be connected to a schedule system, to carpool. Then for work, we have the money system, virtual system. Students seem to be really interested in this idea of virtual work that's happening right now. The office system. They might also notice a connection between the work system and the teacher system. Then for nature, we might have the water system, the plant system, we might have climate change, which would be connected to pollution, which was connected to our car system, which was connected to the street system. So you'll see that there's a lot of connections that are happening. And again, I'd really urge you to check out the episode webpage, but I would tell students that there are so many other systems that we could add to this map. There are so many other connections that we could be making. For example, we could connect homeless To the work system or we could even connect the car system to carpool right there's tons of different places on this map where we could draw connections and that's something that's always evolving and changing in our conversation about systems thinking and next after we finished our systems map we would then want to transition into identifying human-made natural and broken systems So in looking at our completed systems map as a class, I would ask my students to share out which systems are human made. I would then label these systems using a color like red, for example. So what I would do is I would just I would just circle over the systems that are human made with a red Expo marker. So for example, the street system that might be something that students have identified as human made. So I would just take my red pen and I would circle over the street system to indicate using a key that the street system is human made. Now you'll notice that if you look at the episode webpage, the majority of the systems in this neighborhood systems map are human made. Sometimes the majority are natural. Like, for example, I'm doing the ocean system with students right now uh, with some fourth grade students, and the majority of those systems on that map are going to be natural, but other times it could be 50-50. Now, once we've identified these human-made systems, we would then highlight natural systems in a different color, like, let's say, blue. So on our systems map for our neighborhood, nature would be something that students would identify as being natural, so I would highlight that in blue. Maybe the plant system, water system, food system, those might be things that students might also indicate as being natural. Now, you will also notice in conversation with students that sometimes some systems like climate change and the learning system, students might identify both of those as being both human made and natural. So I tell students that systems can belong to multiple categories. And in my experience, students do typically make this connection without guidance. Like I'll hear one student say, oh, well, the learning system is human made. And then I'll hear another student say something like, well, actually, I think that that's natural. And so students start to realize that these systems can belong to multiple categories without guidance. But that can also be something that you could probe students students to work towards. Now finally. After we've identified these human made and natural systems, we would then identify broken, unbalanced, or harmful systems. Typically, when I do this systems mapping, I will identify those with a star to make it really clear which systems are broken, unbalanced, or harmful. Now, after students have identified these broken, unbalanced, or harmful systems in our neighborhood, we would then shift our focus to explore one of those systems in depth. So we might do a design thinking activity to design a solution. I'm going to talk about this more in actually next week's podcast. So if you're interested in the connection between systems thinking and design thinking, be sure to listen to next week's podcast episode. So we might do a design thinking activity, or we might read a book about one of these systems, or we might listen or read news about this system. There are really endless opportunities, but I think that systems thinking is great for allowing students, of course, to examine the interconnectedness of the systems of our world and also for students to be able to identify a problem and see where that problem is connected to other systems so that they then could use a problem-solving approach to actually find a solution to that problem or make a solution to that problem. Now there are many, many approaches to teaching and learning as teachers all day long. We hear about all this different philosophy, all these different theories. There are tons of approaches to teaching and learning systems. Thinking is just one approach that's worked for me and my students. In my experience, when students document their learning with systems maps, they're able to visualize how systems might impact each other. Students are able to identify problems when they're learning through a systems thinking lens. So if you are interested in the systems thinking approach, as always, I have some project ideas for you guys that I consider starting off with. You can try out one of these three essential questions. In addition to, of course, the one that I shared earlier, which is what systems do we have in our neighborhood? Here are some, here are some project ideas that could work for you guys. So first, what systems do we have in our classroom? Next, What systems do we have in our school? And then lastly, what systems do we have in our bodies? I like to introduce systems thinking on a smaller scale, something that's really close to home for students, like their classroom, their school, or human bodies. Before we then dive into a bigger project. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the EdTech Classroom Podcast, all about systems thinking in the classroom, in the elementary classroom specifically, but classrooms all over. If you want to share your thoughts with me, you can leave a comment on the episode webpage. You can DM me on Instagram at edtechclass. You can write me an email, myedtechclassroom at gmail.com. And if you are a regular listener, you know that you can also rate this podcast. You can give me five stars. You can write a review. You can subscribe and I'll see you back here soon. Like I said, next week's podcast episode is all about combining this systems thinking and design thinking, the systems thinking and design thinking approach in your classroom. And I'll see you back here soon. Bye friends.